Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. As we're hitting the record button, uh, we are in the last part of August, 2022, and there's lots of upheaval, lots of, lots of dismay, uh, employment and finding people and getting people and hanging on to people. And this was provoked because I heard a story the other day, somebody, I mean, they're, they're, they're invaluable right-hand person turned in their notice. And of course. They were, as any of us who have experienced that, they were appropriately devastated and struggling, struggling with it. So I posed the question to Lisa. Pain, yeah, yeah, we all do. <laughs> when leaders lose a valued team member, I mean, what, what do we do? Or are there, you know, what is your experience and your insight tell us that might be profitable? What are some action items that we should do or some things that we might should think about? Well, first, let me lead with this. I just read an article and I thought it was very interesting because in our world, we've heard the term, the great resignation. You and I have talked about it. It's the great resignation. It's a great resignation. Um, there's underemployed, there's unemployed. And they talk about millions and millions of people underemployed and unemployed. For those of you that don't know, underemployed means that they are taking less jobs than they are able and should be performing, but they're taking what they can. Unemployed is simply not working, right? For whatever reason. But when I read the article, it said it is not the great resignation. That's misleading. It's the great reprioritization. And I thought, well, what an interesting topic. And so I started kind of diving in. And that great reprioritization talked about some of the similar princip principles to the great resignation. But it said people are reprioritizing what's valuable to them and sticking to their guns. And some by choice may not want to work. So when they're saying they're unemployed, that's misleading that they are trying to find a job and many are not. They have simply reprioritized their lives. They may value staying at home. Uh, they may value not paying daycare and to get to bring home the $200 they have left, mm -hmm. but instead cut back 200 and stay home with the kids and raise them. Uh, things like that, uh, reprioritizing. I miss, you know, we talked about Don, my husband, miserable in a job that he'd had for 26 years, provided for the family and said, no more. I'm not going to do this anymore. And guess what? We shifted. He's happy. He's at home. He's doing, he gets up still at sunup and goes to sleep at sundown and worked all day on fixing stuff, making improvements, doing things for the house cooking meals, going to the store, you know, so and he's a, and, and to, for context here, if you're not watching the, he, he's a, you know, he's a mature guy. We're not talking about a 20 something or a 30 something year old guy. Right. Right. So this, is a guy with a, this is a guy with a full career behind him. That's right. So 26 I don't want years. People, yeah. I don't want people getting the wrong impression. This is no, a this working but, dude. That's right. So, but we talk about this great reprioritization and as we, look at that, it makes us harder as employers trying to find people 
and reassess business, which is what this article was about, we must adapt. We must look at new ways of doing business. And I don't mean new ways of selling the widget, right? I'm talking about just generally having an environment that people want to come every day because there's in public sector, many of us are, I'm sure, looking at opportunities. Should we be doing hybrid? Should we be doing work from home when private sector can, that's for profit can do that? But our challenge that is unique in city government and leadership, the very purpose of this podcast, is we have public, we have taxpayer dollars at work for each one of us. And there is an expectation you are present and available when the citizens come through and that they can see it and that there's full transparency in what we do and what we spend and how we spend it that I think makes it so unique that we we have to look at that. And, and the challenge is we all know often we are in the staffing world, we are looking often at people in other cities and thieving them, right? You, you have knowledge because you worked in another city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you're talking about that, I thought it was interesting because when you lose your number two, did you expect to lose them first of all? And should you, mm-hmm. should you expect to lose them? What are you doing to keep them? And sometimes we can control that. Um, we have availability of funds. We want to pay them the best. We want to reach the market. But guys, sometimes they need to leave to advance themselves. And I, my premise here, I know that we have a great city. I've got a great team and I've got a great environment, but we churn people and I call it growing. And I said, you know, I told Steve, our city manager, I said, my expectation is to grow them and send them. I've got two young leaders underneath me. They are probably not going anywhere. They could, but they're eager to learn. And as I'm getting older, they know my retirement is coming down the road. You don't know when. I'm only 54. I'm not afraid to say it. But I'm not looking to retire anytime just in the near future, but I would like to retire at some point. That's my goal. That's what I'm working towards. And through young leadership, I have to be realistic that, all the people I'm training up beneath those leaders, they are likely going to be excelling and get a leadership job. And that's exactly what's happened. My expectation is to keep them two or three years at this point. If I can keep a great worker for two or three years, then what I can do is send great leaders into our industry and government and make other great leaders. That's I've just had to adapt because forever I was like, I want people to stay like I did 26 years. Guess what? It doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> no. And we have a great city, yeah. you know, but um, I think that's part of the challenge here is what do you do when you lose that number two? And should you be expecting it? Right. That's yeah. what you started with. And every, nearly every piece of information that I come across when people leave, that is one of the issues. One of the issues is I, I don't have anywhere to go. You know, right. there's no, there's no opportunity. So if I'm going to get a bigger opportunity, I'm going to have to leave. Uh, that has made every top three that I've looked at forever. One of the problems. And when I first heard this, and one reason I suggested it is because we don't think about it. So here's the scenario. And this happens 
every single day, many, many times a day across all sectors of industry and in city government, somebody turns in their notice because they got poached. Okay. They got thieved. Maybe it's another city. Maybe it's even back to it's the private sector or whatever. Right. Uh, and that provokes now in the leader who's losing, especially like in my scenario, a second in command to have a conversation. Well, now, why didn't you have that conversation before? Because here's what you got to think about as a leader. So now they've expressed dissatisfaction that you didn't know about. Okay. Well, where were you? You were napping on the job. You should have known this, right? You should have known this. And now for the employee who, who may also be a leader, you know, for them to have to come at it with, okay. I mean, really? So I got to turn in my notice before I, I get additional resources, before I get help, before I get a, a, a pay increase that's long overdue or whatever, you know? So really, I mean, I got to do this and the damage that, that, that I have seen over the years that that does in a relationship, even if the leader convinces the person to stay and let me money whip you, or let me, you know, let me, all of these things that you've been complaining about that I didn't provide, let, let me give them to you now, you know, yeah. a year and a half or two years later, uh, c- can seem just awfully empty. Some of the most profitable kind of round table, especially with CEOs kinds of conversations. And one thing that I would encourage people to do, this doesn't specifically address the issue necessarily, although it does enable us to pre-think it. So when leaders lose a valued team member, what if we were to contemplate that before it ever happens? So today, supposing some person that is on your team that you view as invaluable, hopefully you view them all that way, but maybe not. They come in and they turn in their notice. What are you going to do? And I know the resounding answer is going to be, well, I don't want to think about that. I'm encouraging you to think about it. Think about it. And well, now and, act, if, and do a pre, I call it a preemptive strike. I mean, you want exactly. to exactly now behave, behave in a way that will prevent that. If you can, right. You, you should know what your people want what they are trying to achieve, what their goals are, and you should as a leader well, and what they need. get there. Yeah. What you should, but, but you've got to help them get there because they will inherently be loyal to you. I believe to a point, if they know you are trying to help them get where they want to go and they see the proof in the pudding, as they say, right. right. They see right. you taking steps to get them there. Um, our leadership team, Tasha and Uriah doing them much more frequently than I do, but they do one-on-ones and they have one-on-ones in their case monthly. These are just 10 to 20 minute conversations. How, how are you doing? How are you, how's work? If you, what have you learned? What are your next steps? Where are your, what are, where we have gaps that you'd like to know that we haven't yet. I mean, they just, I'm not in those conversations, but I know that they talk about not just business, but where are you wanting to go? And they try to make sure they put stuff in front of them that addresses those things. And naturally there becomes trust out of those that they can have genuine conversations and then act upon things that they hear things that are, you know, I, when I do my one-on-ones, it's usually one question. Um, I do them about 
not quite as frequently at all. I do mine about every six months and I'll either say, what's preventing us from delivering world-class service? Because that's a frustration point. Mm-hmm. We know that's the expectation. So what's getting in the way of it? Or, you know, what are your goals at this point? And they can tell us. And then we make sure, okay, are we putting them in situations that give them the opportunity to, to uh, learn more related to that, right? Where they want to go. And I do think that helps with loyalty and satisfaction in the job, but they have to see it. You can't just ask and then do nothing because then that you're devaluing. Why did you ask the question if you're not going to do anything about it? So it's important to know what they want and listen and not just do work every day. You've got to truly be in tune with your people. So as the HR professional, I'm a leader, a valued member of my team has just given me their notice. And your advice to me is what should I do now? Well, what could it would have could have should have, but let's yeah. take this as a learning moment. So in this moment, what's my what's in your opinion my best course of action right now? And then let's talk after that. Let's talk about what lessons now I should learn that might alter, might improve my behavior, my growth as a leader moving forward. My short answer is it depends. And people hate that answer. <laughs> But it's genuine because I ask a lot of questions. What led up to this? Do you know why they're leaving? Uh, Some leaders are greatly in tune uh, because it depends on that answer that I can see. Okay, well, let's let's role play it for the audience. You know, I love this and I know you hate it. I do. So I'm the so I'm the leader. I'm the I'm the leader. And I and I've and I've picked up the phone and I said, Lisa. We'll call her Beth. You know, Beth just turned in her notice and Beth's my right-hand person. Let's assume. Okay. An effective right-hand person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I've had, I, I've had people that are not strong number twos and yeah. it's a different scenario. Oh, no, no, no. This is somebody that m- my world is going to be changed. The minute okay. Beth walks out the door, my life, well, I feel like my life is over. <laughs> That's yeah. how bad it is. All right, Randy. So what led to this? What's going on with Beth? Beth came to me a year and a half, give or take a year and a half ago. And of course, you know, with COVID and everything else, and, and she did voice some, I won't say complaints, but she did voice some concerns over some things that she said she needed to do the job. Uh, she got, first off, she got a much better offer. I know we can't compete with the pay, but I'm looking inward as you know, I am want to do. And she did bring up that for about 18 months, 16 or 18 months, she had, she had begun to bring up some things and I admitted to her and apologized. I didn't fully address those as well as I should have. And, and you don't think there's anything we can do now to address those. She said, she says, she says, no, she says the other opportunity is just a is way less stressful, which is important to her and pays a significant amount of money more. She's listen, she's been very appreciative, but she also, you know, she, she threw some barbs and I'm not going to tell you that they weren't deserved. I, I frankly probably deserve them. You know, some of her complaints and some of the things that she had mentioned to me, um, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't take them seriously, 
but I will confide in you and tell you I didn't act on all of them. In fact, I, I didn't act on very many of them. You know, we were, man, we were in the throes of this pandemic and we had so much going on. Um, and I explained all that to her in the, in the moment. And I explained it, you know, today when we sat down and talked, but I told her I wanted to have another conversation with her. And I don't know, I just, I need your counsel on what my next step should be with her. I don't want to lose her. Is there any chance of, of recovering? Probably not, but I would like to try. Well, I think the first thing I would do is have that conversation with her and ask, is there anything we can do to keep you and express the value you just talked about? I think she needs to understand the value. I think you need to be genuine in that you had some missteps, but we don't want to lose her. Um, the, the, the challenge will be, Randy, is that the damage may have been done because the action from the last 18 months may have already set this in motion. But if you genuinely think there are things we could do better that she did suggest, I think we need to look at those as a team and try to address that if there's an opportunity to keep her and have her part of that conversation, not bottlenecking at you, but having her help us get to that change and then seeing what we can do to retain her if it's feasible. She is your right-hand person. She has been valuable to you and you may be able to recover if you just talk to her about, is there anything that would keep her in the value of place and simply apologize for not having acted. That was your fault, but we can do things better moving forward if she's willing to stay with you and give us an opportunity to correct it. Sounds like that may not happen, but I think it's worth the effort. If you genuinely think we can make the effort together and try to find those solutions, if they will impact your department positively. Well, our conversation, as you can imagine, it, it was, it was relatively brief, you know, I mean, and this is fresh. She just did this. Um, and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push too, too, too hard, too fast, just in the moment and be reactionary. I wanted to kind of huddle with you that conversation that I have, let let's fast forward and you know, me. I'm going to what if this thing. So assuming that the answer is going to be, I appreciate it. And, and we're good. I want to make sure that she and I are good. I, I feel like even after this conversation, we were, um, but I feel terrible. I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to look back thinking, well, I could have maybe should have tried something that I didn't try. So I want to make sure I do that. But fast forward, assuming that this doesn't go to my liking and she goes ahead, what is an exit? What does an exit conversation look like? Should I have an exit conversation? And, and should that be a different conversation? If, if, if I have this first conversation with her and she just says, listen, Randy, I appreciate it. I understand. But this other opportunity is just, it's just good to be true. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just, it's whatever. Then should I go ahead then and try to have what basically would be kind of an exit conversation or should that be something that I schedule later? And, and if so, what should that conversation look like? If I, if I were you, I would, I would still place value. Obviously you, you appreciated her and you valued her as your number two. All you can do at that point, if she says it's just too good, I'm, you know, whatever it is, I'm getting a $30,000 increase and I have to do less in the job than the pace here, whatever the case is. 
I would have her just tell you how much you value her again and say, I would like to schedule time and kind of go over what did you see? I know I didn't act, but what do you see would make our department better? What, what can we improve upon? What do we need to look at? If you trusted her, get her wisdom and get her knowledge and make sure you do that next. And especially as you hire, you're going to have to look for things and make a change because if, if your strong number two is leaving you for that and she noted, noted, I can't remember your terms, faults, challenges, whatever you didn't do and didn't act upon, that's going to be frustrating to anybody else as well. So you're going to have to look at yourself and look at transparency, um, communication, and what you need to do better as well to grow yourself as a leader and serve the next person and the rest of your team to make the department better, right? Just because she may have had visions doesn't mean all of those were good good things that would have been implemented anyway, but I would definitely explore them. If it sounds like you thought some of them were good, um, good well, ideas, they, we they, just didn't they, act upon yeah, them. And they, they weren't initiatives or anything. They were just things that she would come to me and express things that she needed, things that we needed as a department. And you agreed with those? Yeah, I didn't. It's not that I disagree. It's not that I disagreed with them, but in full transparency, just you and me talking, no, I didn't, I didn't see them as critical as she clearly now in retrospect, as clearly as she did. I've quite frankly, was not aware of the stressors and the, and the pressure points. And I'm not going to blame her at all. I'm going to take, I'm going to own it. I did not, I did not read these things as being as problematic as clearly they were because I know enough when it's, when she mentions the pay and the very next thing intuition has taught me an experience. It's not usually the first thing that somebody says, it's probably the second thing and it could be even later. But the second thing she mentioned were these things. The first thing she mentioned is she had a better job that, that paid more. Then she mentioned these things. And I'm like, in that moment, it dawned on me. I had, I had no idea that they were that problematic for her. They clearly were. And now I'm looking in retrospect, 16, 18 months of that. Right. So I want to make sure that I go ahead, uh, just the hectic pace, just firefighting, you know, the daily, the daily grind, the daily routine of just trying to keep your head above water with everything that we had going on at the time that she first brought it up, you know, let's rewind and go back 18 months. This was 18 months ago or so that they first got brought up. And it's not like they were just consistently, you know, she wasn't a nag, but she's not a nag. That's not how she operates, you know? So it wasn't, so I, I own it. I just, I just completely blew it. I just completely misread. Now that won't address any money that's thrown at her from, from somebody else, but yeah, it, it makes me wonder. And I'm absolutely wanting to have the conversation. I'm wanting to have both of those conversations. So you're suggesting two separate conversations, a conversation where we talk about where I express my true feelings, fall on my sword, ask if there's something can we keep her. Yeah. yeah. Can, Is there anything can, we can, can do, we do anything her? to recover, you know? And I think with that, it, does it have to be two conversations? I don't know. It, I would see how that conversation went. If she said, well, yeah, you know, here's what I'd need to keep me. 
here's what's important, then I think we have to assess, can we do any of those? Yeah, and I think uh, that, that will shock me. Yeah. If, and I, so hear, if, if I hear that, that will, shock, that will shock me. If we can't, I think you need to explore what what you need to do moving forward to to improve upon that. Because if the pace is the pace and pace got in the way, then you're something's got to give because you're going to have to, you know, you are in a position to want to know what your people are thinking and feeling and what's important to them. And the question is, should we, should you have known and should you have acted? It's hindsight's 2020, but you want to, you want to move forward in your leadership and make sure you're staying more in tune and finding ways to do that. And that's their example of a scenario, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so the listeners have now listened into the scenario, probably saying, yep, we've had that exact conversation, maybe in a different way. Right, Randy? Exactly. Exactly. So now what do we do with it? Yeah. Now what do we, what do we, what do we learn from it? This listen, the podcast and any, any book that you read, any training that you, you engage in, in leadership, it is an, it is in many ways an inexact art and craft and science because we're humans. So in this scenario, this leader had a trusted person, right-hand person come and express I've in order for me to do my job effectively, I've got to have this, our department, we've got to have that. And for whatever reason, hectic pace, whatever it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And so now 16, 18 months that she's been living with this. And now he knows because she's now resigning. She's been fuming about this. And in the process, got a better job. And if you're like me, you're going to be wondering, she went looking, she went looking because I was an idiot and I didn't listen. And how many others are looking bingo that how many others are looking right now that you don't know about. Yeah. And so, so so what lessons, what now let's try to flip the script and, and be proactive. Well, clearly the elephant in the room is, well, dummy, you should have listened to her. Yeah. And that's so easy to say Yeah, when you're, when you're buried, because what typically happens that I've seen, and this has happened to me guys, is that it's not just one person because when one person leaves, especially a critical person, duty shift to the other remaining people and yourself. And then it's more work, same pay, frantic pace. And then somebody else says, this is ridiculous. Because we all know it takes time to hire. We can't get somebody tomorrow. It's you're talking typically six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. By the time you post it, interview, bring them in, usually more than one interview and hire them, right? Then you have to train them. So you're six or nine months out from even getting a production, an efficient production out of that person. Uh, A strong person will be able to help you a little along the way because they, they will be inquisitive. But Not reality to mention is, the stress on the rest of the team. That's right, because training takes three times as long to do anything. So as you know, as you talk about this and move forward, there's a couple of lessons that I've talked to people, depending on how that conversation goes, is first take a look at yourself. And I, I say it gently, but what could you have done differently? And having learned through this situation, What do you now know that is clearer to you than it might have been 18 months ago or nine months ago or whatever this scenario was? And usually 
the first instinct of people is to say, well, it was just time. It was just, it's deflection away from self. And that's very common and that's okay. The challenge is get back to it. What could I have done differently that have might have impacted this? And what might I be missing that I now need to check on? What I often tell people to do is when have you done a satisfaction survey? And we're not talking about anything in depth. We use Survey Monkey eight questions, have their employees tell them, what can we do different? What should we get rid of that is not effective? What should we be adding to that's better? Um, those kind of things. And so take a look at yourself. Take a look at what you need to be doing better and listen. Listen to your customers. Listen to your team and act upon those things. Get a priority plan. Um, we often learn more from people leaving than they do when they're staying because we, it is a crisis at that point. Avert the crisis. If you haven't asked, ask. We always encourage leaders uh, to do that. And in our case, we use our human resources team to do that. We do organizational reviews. And unfortunately, most of these are done when people have left. And they say, I, I think I need to know. And I say, I agree. And that's common. Uh, and that's not bad. It's just reality. That's when we tend to act upon it is, okay, now let me know what I need to do. So those are the few of the things in my world that I'd recommend that we take a look at ourselves and change the way you're doing things, make improvements. And some of that takes time. So just make improvements along the way. Grow great. That's the reason we named the podcast. That's right. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.